This is the Sun Sports Miami Heat podcast. I'm your host, Siri Fernandez, and with me is a very special guest, somebody who's used to asking the questions, not exactly answering them, Sun Sports TV personality, yes. Jason Jackson. How's it going, man? Sir, it's great to be with you. Yeah. Uh, as we as we record this, we're in the midst of the storm, man. Right. You know, it is... Uh, it's so different from the last four years, but because I've been here 11 years, I've seen this, you know, in, in different formations. Uh, but the fun thing about it is, is that seemingly the fan base is kind of, while nervous, still yeah. circling and, and, and getting the wagons in the right spot. And so uh, as uh, the Heat try to make a push just to get in and see what happens after that, uh, it's, it's still exciting. And, and describe that. that it's the season has been kind of about resiliency, mm-hmm. and we've seen the fans too. I mean, it's it's post Big Three. Uh, yeah. I think maybe outsiders are kind of expecting uh, the fans not to bring as much passion, but I think they brought even more this season. I mean, how, how has it been outside the arena and, and inside as well? Yeah, there was this um, this defiance that I think that started with the organization uh, that because the greatest player in the game went away, that the team would go away. Mm-hmm. And there was just a refusal by the organization. That trickled straight into the fan base uh, to the point where one of the great stories that Eric Woolworth, the team uh, president of business operations, told uh, the entire staff was they didn't get a call for, hey, give me my season ticket money back. It was, let's dig in and grind in. And that's pretty remarkable when you think about it. For the organization to maintain top five in ticket sales, to maintain top five in television ratings, which is really important to us. Yes. (laughs) uh, It's pretty, I mean, that's amazing. Think about what the nation says about South Florida sports fans. Right. It's pretty consistent. And the, by the way, they're all jealous. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've spent my life in Ohio, Connecticut, and South Florida. Right. They're all jealous. Right. Uh, but because we're a little tardy sometimes to, get to sit in our seat, That's true. That's true. doesn't mean we're not coming, doesn't mean we're not right. turning on the television, doesn't mean that we don't love our team. Uh, it means that uh, a lot of people live in a tiny space and we have a lot of traffic. But other than that, uh, they have taken that kind of willed defiance and turned it into a juggernaut of excitement and uh, fervor that now has really flipped the season. The team was playing really well away from home uh, in the early part of the season, now playing really well at home. And the critical part is is that at the end of the season, the majority of those final games were at home, and now they have an opportunity to take advantage of an atmosphere that is appropriate for the postseason, not, not just the push into it. Right, right. Yeah. Definitely. There's been a, a lot of play, playoff atmosphere these last few games. And also that whole campaign with the Heat Lifer. Um, I think I'm sure you consider one at this point as well. And and I know there's a growing community in South Florida uh, that, you know, yeah, maybe they don't have the kind of fan base that an old franchise like Boston or or New York or L.A. has, but it's a growing fan base. It's a young fan base, but um, they're they're learning to live with the highs and lows of the franchise. This is maybe just one of them, but you would agree, right, that the future is is bright for the Heat? Well, it's massive because everything that I thought was going to happen in 2016, not maybe the exact personnel, but the spots that were going to be addressed and dealt with, uh, have been sped up. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's not just Hassan and and Goran. I think that's the immediate thought. Okay, you got a franchise center and a franchise point guard, uh, and you got it a year and a half before you thought you were going to get it. (laughs) To me, the impact of having... Two perimeter players, two wing players uh, in Ennis and Johnson, as well as Napier, who probably hasn't had as much opportunity to impact the game as those other two, to have those guys develop uh, in the organization while being able to pull two guys, with all due respect, um, Walker and Beasley off the scrap heap and make them serviceable utilities slash role players, that's pretty amazing. And so now you bring... Bosch McRoberts back into that, and the depth is staggering. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, now 
in the conversation with Cleveland and Chicago going into 2015-16, you have to say Miami. Definitely, and and Pat Riley has always shown a willingness to to tinker with the roster, but he, he gets he gets it accomplished somehow. He, he's always working the phones. He's he's gonna swing maybe a draft day deal yeah. or a trade acquisition uh, trade deadline deal. Um, so there, there's always gonna be that that feeling that this is this. There's always another day, another time for the Heat to fight back. But I think a lot of these players, I think you're alluding to this as well. Uh, the the Heat jersey kind of fits on them. There's a lot of scrappy players, yeah. players with that are playing with a chip on their shoulder. Um, will that playoff experience help them? Should they make it? I think so. I think it, it's a whole different layer of. Uh, of preparedness that that's necessary for the postseason. There's a right. tempo to the change and transition uh, that's nothing like the regular season. Uh, there's an excitement uh, when you win and a misery when you lose that is so far separate from the pain and 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 joy that you may feel in the regular season because of what that may mean. You know, the edge in a series, the great start in the series, the fallback, the the, the resurgence, the comeback, right. the crushing. Like there's just all these things that happen in these seven game series that it's just so you can't reclimate. You know, right. There's no replicating that during the, the regular season because you just don't play series like that. <laughs> Baseball, it's a little bit different. You know, you can have kind of that feel in it not be so insane when you get into maybe the division series. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's unique, and the young players will be prepared uh, in, in going forward in a way uh, that I think gives them a couple of extra years of experience. And I, that, they may not resonate with everybody, but, but just the, the fervor, the tightness, the uh, emotional... Um, ups and downs of the second season, man. They they put some stuff right. on you. They do. They do. They do. <laughs> and I know. And I know this season has been, you know, a lot of ups and downs. It's mm-hmm. been bittersweet, and it's coming to an end, though. But how do you, how do you yourself, you know, just bring it every single time mm-hmm. it, with the positivity right. and, and that that energy that you bring? How do you how do you do that every single time? I, I never um, I never come to work without realizing that this is the best job I've ever had. Right, and that's I've had, true. yeah, and I've, I've had some pretty good gigs. You know, <laughs> I spent uh, right out of college, uh, straight to WSVN uh, for a year nice. and a half here in South Florida, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, uh, I was prepared to go to you know Helena, Montana, or Redding, California, or any of these these outposts where you go and learn your craft. I was just very fortunate during my college years to get a lot of on-air experience. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to have my first paid opportunity in a big market led to seven years at ESPN. And that's, I tell everybody that's where I got my PhD in television <laughs> there because there's just so much product and, right. and so uh, much asked of you as an on-air staff member in that environment. Right. And then uh, to get the call to come back to Miami 11 years ago, man, it was, uh, first of all, it was needed because I wasn't working. <laughs> and then secondly, uh, it was a blessing. It changed uh, changed everything. You know, it just changed everything. And what I mean by that is is it, uh, it moved uh, my family into a different spot in the world, literally. I mean, we'd spent a decade in Connecticut, which we loved, don't get me wrong, but, but to be in paradise and have two sons that ended up turning into athletes and they can play at a whole different level. I now see why kids from Florida, Texas, and California are better. They play more often. Right. You know, they get to do it more. Their rep numbers are off the charts. And so to be able to share that with them and uh, to have my wife, who now is a, a senior member of uh, the athletic department at the University of Miami, um, we're locked in. You know, we're bar- literally, I say this all the time, and I, I'm sure people are tired of it. <laughs> With the Miami Heat, basketball is our business, but Miami is our home. Right. And that's exactly how I feel about it. Uh, you take care of your home. 
And uh, I, I see that from a community standpoint with the organization. I see that uh, with the way the organization treats its employees mm -hmm. uh, beyond right. just the 1st and 15th uh, <laughs> and, and, a, and a benefit package. So um, it's absolutely awesome. And on the nights, and it's happened, sir, on the nights where it's hard, you know, it's game 57, you know, right. of the 75 we're going to put on Sun Sports. Um, I, have, I have tapped into a very critical aspect of life, and it's mastering fake enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do it so well. There's just some <laughs> nights, man, where you're just not going to get the natural fervor. But the great thing about this season is, for about three weeks leading into uh, what possibly could be a whole other season for the Heat, uh, from a playoff standpoint, it felt like the playoffs. Right. You know, yeah, that yeah. you would feel losses at Milwaukee. Like, what the hell? Or a <laughs> loss in Detroit. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, and... and after 11 years of this and 16 years of covering the league, you see so many games. I just I don't do the ups and downs with each game, but this year's been a little bit different. <laughs> well, definitely, yeah. I mean, so many games have been have had so much importance, right. and and you really don't know what what kind of heat you're going to get yeah. uh, from game to right. bit game. You're yeah. Absolutely right. And they don't know either. No, the, no, the and it has a lot to do with the injury thing. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this. And I was here for uh, the 2007-2008 edition. Mm -hmm. um, which had, I think, tough, yeah. with 22 different players on the roster. And, uh, I mean, like, we broke NBA D-League call-up records when teams really weren't doing that. Right. Remember back then, six and seven teams would share right. a, a D-League franchise. And so the Heat have advanced that to a whole other place and really have shown leadership in making sure that the D-League is a true minor league. Like, and, and the league has a, a little ways to go still. But right. they're heading in the right direction. Um, but uh, <laughs> that, that season, man, I thought was unparalleled from, you know, just a shutdown of players and a need to get guys healthy. Uh, but that season was gone early. You know, this season right. f didn't feel that way. And uh, while it was a struggle and the winning was hard, um, there still was always a feeling that, that they had a shot to, to get to the postseason. And then you have McRoberts go down and then Bosch go down. And you're like, come on. And, I mean, like seconds after the deal right. with Gorn, you know, happens. And so... Uh, that's why I think the, the, the horizon looks so awesome, but there's still an opportunity to really focus on today, um, which allows them, you know, a handful of games to try to make it in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, and who is, I'm just curious, who is your favorite Heat player to interview, you know, when you have it in the studio after the game? I have a feeling it's Birdman because you like the challenge. Right. Uh, well, first of all, it has to be said that I love all Heat players equally. Okay, yes. However, <laughs> however. Uh, there's just some neat things that happen. Bird and I have a contentious on-air relationship, which does not yes. reflect our personal relationship at all. We adore each other. We have a great time. Uh, we're, we're, he's from Texas country. I'm from Ohio country. And so our different geolo geological, <laughs> uh, geographical uh, countryness comes together right. at a certain point. Um, and then uh, Chris Bosch is just, uh, he's just a delight yeah, because he is. he is authentic, fresh, Definitely. open, Mm -hmm. Available, thoughtful. I mean, yeah, eloquent. In, yeah, yeah, definitely. Just in ways that I wish I would be if people stuck a microphone <laughs> in my face every day. Well, I'm having you. Well, this time you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been sitting on it for years, man. I'm ready to talk about some things. <laughs> hey, and how much preparation does the the Sun Sports crew and yourself take before every game? Because I mean, you guys are always reeling off, you know, yeah. lots of lots of trivia, lots of facts. Sorry, it's it's, it's astonishing. <laughs> no, it really is. I'm not going to sit here. You can tell. I'm not going to sit here and tell. It is yeah. literally 24 hours of preparation. Yeah. It really starts the night before uh, when our executive director, Ted Ballard, or our, our producer, AJ Speaks, begins the process of finding out, first of all, what Eric, Tony, and, and yours truly want to do. Um, of course, there's Christian Hewitt and, uh, and uh, Will Manso, who are part of our reporting squad. Right. And then we have our studio analyst, mm -hmm. uh, John Crotty, and... Uh, 
and Ron Rothstein. So there's just so many places they got to go to kind of pull all this stuff together. Um, our associate uh, director, who has been doing some producing, Bernard Worrell, has really helped out. He's uh-huh. advanced himself to, to really producing um, a bunch of pregames this year. And so that's awesome. He was in, his first year as an intern was my first year eleven years ago. Oh, so wow. it's nice to see <laughs> that 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 family thing that that Pat Riley and and, and the Harrison family talk about all the time. That's real. Yeah. Like, I mean, it really is real. And it's because you see so many folks that have been here for so long that that, that you connect with those feelings. But um, yeah, so this, it starts off with conversations. We're all researching before we even get into those conversations. Um, we pretty much have a trust within our production staff that we can inject the things that we think will be helpful. They really organize it, put it together, create uh, graphics that support things, video that show the visual. Uh, we gather all the interviews and, and sound. That's a lot of my responsibility is there uh, at practices and games. And, uh, and, and those things all come together uh, about seven and a half hours, physically, seven and a half hours before the telecast when the production crew shows up at the wow. truck. Uh, and then about uh, about four hours later, we end up showing up, you know, <laughs> before we put all the pretty makeup on and whatnot. Uh, but then we have a conference call or an early uh, morning meeting uh, prior to that. So, I mean, there's just the layers and layers right. and layers of uh, conversations, preparedness, a lot of reading, you know. So the young people who think this is all about uh, <laughs> lights and cameras and action, it's, that's the fun part. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of reading and synthesis and, and analysis that goes into this. And now we're all really going to start to challenge ourselves to really kind of bring in this new era of information, mm-hmm. analytics, yeah. and really try to incorporate it in the broadcast. Now, we're, we're sifting through a lot of stuff. Um, and I'm not a numbers guy. I really believe it's, it's, a, it's a horrible way to try to tell a story, uh, particularly when you have visual components available, <laughs> uh, as we do in television. Uh, but I think that uh, innovation is critical. And yeah. uh, while necessity breeds invention and we don't have a need to tell people a different thing, we're also opinion leaders and gatekeepers. And so we really need to bring people, if they're not already there, bring them to this new information. And for the folks that are already there, we don't need to bore them and keep them you know, in the, in the Stone Age as it pertains to how we calculate what's happening on the floor. Yeah. Uh, so... This will be this will be the summer of uh, <laughs> summer summer of innovation for us. Yeah, and and I see you. You know, you're emceeing the Badioki event. Oh yeah, and this. Oh, that, I mean, you you do a lot of things for the organization yeah. and a lot of things for the community. Yeah. How great is that? Like that you can have that opportunity. It, it's a great combination. A few years ago, the organization uh, came to me and, and wanted to kind of change my platform to to not just be the host on television, but to be the host, right. to be a Miami Heat host. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was a really neat thing. And they gave me some more money, too. So that helped <laughs> that as well. That, that helped as well. But, no, it, it has allowed me a full platform of stuff. Now, it, it makes for a hellacious schedule. And people ask me all the time, how are Sherelle and the boys? And my answer always is, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't yeah. because I never see them. Uh, but I'm off when they're off. You know, when yeah. when the university is, is in slow motion or when uh, Columbus High School is, uh, you know, just providing travel baseball and uh, – Carver Middle School is shut down. Uh, that's when we have the, the time that's so necessary to keep your family bond together. It's different. But I tell my mother, who's a retired school teacher of 36 years, all the time that I have her schedule. I just get paid more. <laughs> she did. Which, by the way, never goes over well. No. She never chuckles like you do. That's what I was going for. She's, she's just angry. I'm like, Mom, that's a career choice. Right. <laughs> so, um, and the odd thing is, I wanted to be a teacher. 
okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be a high school uh, American history teacher. It was my favorite subject. Uh, political science was my minor uh, with an emphasis on the presidency, U.S. presidency in college, so I just, that's my thing. Uh, but it was all to be a baseball coach. Oh. I wanted to be a high school baseball coach, and uh, my father had an awesome line who was an English education major. Um, he would not subsidize the education of another educator. And so I had oh. to find uh, something else to do. And so <laughs> it was uh, television, which allowed me to maintain a connection to sports, which is what I loved. Yeah. But I was a horrible baseball player, and uh, I peaked in basketball in eighth grade. So I had to find a way to still be connected to athletics, um, and, and then I have this acumen uh, to be able to communicate to people uh, with makeup on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Um, how, do you, how do you see the, the season unfolding? You know, we've got, we got a few yeah. more games left, about a one week left. Um, what's, what's your gut feeling? Do you think the Heat are going to make it? I'm a company man, brother, and I believe in, <laughs> I believe in stuff, you know. Yeah. And when I, when I say that, I mean, like, I believe in stuff you can't touch and you can't see, you know. I, and uh, from Coach Riley uh, directly into Coach Bolster, they have an ability to sell you on that as yeah. a player. That's true. Um, and... Um, I've, I've seen this team play in a way that just blows my mind at home uh, recently. And so the majority of those games are here at 601 Biscayne <laughs> Boulevard. And so I'm believing that because they have to do it, uh, because I think there's just a, going back to that, that defiance that right. kind of was the beginning tone that came out of uh, Mickey Harrison's letter to the season ticket holders yep. and then just trickled into Dwayne's approach to resigning and creating that term, Heat Lifer, and just the Heat Nation – Explosion from that—it um, it requires more. <laughs> it doesn't. It, I, I just can't see this story ending with us closing shop on tax day. And I just—it would be a horrible way for the story to end. Uh, and I just think we write better stories than that around here. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It definitely, yeah. you guys do. Yeah. And, and I appreciate uh, you spending some time yeah. with us and talking. And um, well, whatever should happen, I know that you're always going to bring it with with your positive energy, yeah. your good vibes. And I think all the viewers and, and all the Heat Nation really appreciate that. Well, I appreciate them. So they should keep <laughs> watching. And uh, if we get into the second season, which is great. Um, you know, people should remember that uh, we'll have all the games that aren't on ABC. Right. And then if we get into the second round, we then have the wonderful partnership uh, of, of we can't do the games anymore as we can do in the first round on Sun Sports, but we will have uh, the pregames on uh, Heat.com and the postgame simulcast on nice. Sun Sports and uh, Heat.com. So we're ready, man. Yeah. All they got to do is win. <laughs> Just win. Yeah. You guys will so put in the prep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again. My pleasure. All right. Take yeah. care.